My name is Luke Butler and this is the Hastings Connect podcast. Today my guest is Tom Sigelski and Tom has a, a significant amount of experience spanning a number of years with uh, Red Bull International leading uh, their culture marketing uh, division um, and, and in more recent years has spent his time focusing on building team and culture within organisations of, of ranging sizes. Um, Tom's perspective on how to unify teams through defining a purpose, um, values, and getting everyone on the same page in relation to goals uh, is one that I've admired for, for a number of years. And um, the reason behind our conversation today is, is obviously we are in a situation where businesses um, are, are no longer centralised. There are a number of people working from home for obvious reasons. And um, I was interested to get his take on how it is, um, I, I guess, best to... Um, to create culture in an environment such as that we're experiencing now, you know, um, bringing people together, um, working together for a common purpose and, and overcoming some of the challenges um, relevant to our current state. So uh, the conversation with Tom will be wide ranging, but hopefully there's um, a few sort of golden nuggets that you can take away. So here is my chat with Tom Sigelski. What are you doing with yourself? I'm recording, but I thought I'd just start yeah, all straight good. away. All good. Um, um, what, am been I, what am I doing? Time? Um, mate, I've been doing a heap of homeschooling, actually. <laughs> How because, is it? Well, the majority of my work is uh, that was planned for now and I guess up until June, July, was running workshops up in Singapore. Oh, really? Yeah, I had... Yeah, there was, right. There's probably... 50 days worth of worth of work that was booked in. Wow. With um, what kind of businesses? Uh, it was with one business, uh, and they have, uh, I guess, created this sort of internal culture uh, positioning for their business. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, asked us to come up there and, and facilitate some workshops to help people understand and ask questions about and align with and take ownership of yeah right those those directions that's cool yeah it was it was mate i was super excited but um not to be not to be so i don't know it's um it's ebbing and flowing mate there's there's a few mm. things happening where i'm it's uh i've been doing some some laboring actually with a mate of mine <laughs> yeah tim and um uh, I'm 43, not 23, uh, <laughs> and it completely fucked my back. Really? So I ended up going up to this physio in uh, uh, South Maroubra and just talking to this guy, and he's like, mate, we need you to come and help our business. Like, the way that you're talking about stuff, it's just really simple and easy to understand and effective and la, la, la. And so I'm consulting to them now on their brand positioning and, and how to take their business forward. Wow. Um, so stuff like that is starting to come through. That's cool. Email this morning from another person who's needs some help with facilitating and coaching on getting agency and brand to work better together. Right. So little bits and pieces starting to happen. Have you noticed that's kind of lifted in the last sort of two weeks? I mean, I'll... I'll Rephrase it. I've noticed yes. in our business and across sort of other parts, the activity has just sort of – it's really been the last two weeks where I think because restrictions are on the radar of lifting and lifting today, obviously. So yes. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's my perspective anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think um – I would agree. I would say yes. People mm. are, you know, I read the article that you posted recently about, you know, uh, the hospitality industry and that coming back and the fact that the appetite for that is is ravenous, right? Mm. Like so you referenced, I guess, the, the beaches opening and everyone yeah. getting down there and it's going to be the same thing. And I think, you know, it, it, it definitely feels to me like um, businesses, brands are 
regaining confidence. Yeah. That's, that's how it feels to me. It's, it's, you know, I went up to the cafe near my son's um, daycare today to get a coffee and actually was able to walk into the cafe. Yeah, yeah. Water same and, this morning up here. And there was a couple of people sitting in there having breakfast and I was like speaking to the owner. I'm like, how does this feel? And they're like, mate, we're so, it just, even just this little bit yeah. already feels so positive. Yeah, I had exactly the same coffee, um, conversation with our cafe owner up the street this right. morning. Like he had three people sitting in. He, he was just like beaming. He was so excited. They've been killing it anyway because they do a good takeaway. Yeah. But, mate, the store, like today, I'm going to the Royal Albert at midday. I've got a booking for two from Amazing. a mate of mine who's out here in the state from the States. Uh, last chance I'll get to see him. But I've spoken to so many operators over the last 48 hours and they're like one guy was even auctioning off seats because of the demand to get in like it is it is crazy there are people willing to pay 250 a head to just sit at a pub for two hours like out of the house yeah like Like people are just gagging for it full on man Mm. like we gab and i had the same conversation last night uh, and um she was saying you know do you want to go out for dinner tomorrow night let's go to could you wine room or whatever it's called yeah it's open yeah um and i was like yeah cool that sounds great and she's like man it's pretty much booked for the next you know (laughs) <laughs> however long you can yeah. imagine because yeah. everyone is just frothing to, yeah. to have that interaction. And, like, the table at 10, like, it's honestly, if you could turn, have two sessions, six or eight, eight or ten, charge 200 bucks a head for a table of 10, Mate, who wouldn't do that? Private dining experience. I know. <laughs> you know I, booked like, that. I booked a Carrington next Thursday night for 10 mates how at good. six or eight, and then I'm speaking to Schultz at the Prince of York to do, like, a work thing yeah. the following Wednesday. Amazing. And like, Ten-person package, totally, awesome. totally, mm. and it's just that that whole, you know, I think about how that's going to come back into the way that businesses have a, have adjusted their focus mm. and ultimately grow the market by whatever percentage. In that, you know, there the businesses that weren't really equipped or thinking about doing what they've had to do as a result of COVID, mm. and then bringing back in what they have been doing in the past, their regular sort of trade and approach and all that sort of thing. Mate, it's gonna. It's going to be a party. Mm. It's going to be a big party and it's going to last a long time. (laughs) And what do you reckon? I was really interested to hear your thoughts on sort of brand positioning, marketing and connecting with consumers Mm. sort of during and after because um, it's been a topic of conversation on these podcasts and ones with Mike. Right. You know, for myself personally, trying to figure out how to communicate. And there's been a lot of um, content on LinkedIn and stuff about it. Um, Trying to figure out how to communicate in a way that you're not... So I'm going to go back one more step. Cathy Saville, who we had on, is probably the opposite or, or a different perspective in that her trying to communicate with businesses as a job seeker. You know, yes. It's kind of one and the same um, topic because people don't necessarily know how to communicate with other um, people or businesses yes. and try to not seem pushy or needy or like they're trying to sell something in this environment. Yep. In Kathy's case, she's looking for work, but she felt really uncomfortable reaching out to people. Yeah. In my instance, like I, I genuinely feel quite uncomfortable calling people, businesses, um, clients who I have a personal relationship with because you don't want them to think that you're calling to get work. Like, yeah. h- how do you feel about that in terms of how businesses should be positioning themselves like now and and after? Have you got any kind of Yeah, advice? I mean, I think um, – uh, have you ever heard of a guy called Professor G, Guillaume? He's a French guy who's written a few books. Um, and one of the quotes – so it's a bunch of quotes and sort of inspirational stuff and um, introspective – you know, consideration, that sort of thing. And he said, um, one of his quotes is, if you want to be interesting, be interested. Right. Right? So that idea of, I I hear what you're saying, right? So um, I I 
absolutely shy away from that whole thing of, hey, I was just calling to check in and see how you're doing or let's go grab a coffee. It's like there, there needs to be a, a higher purpose or ambition. Right. Um, and at least from my perspective, wherever you can make that about whoever it is that you're speaking to and, mm. and understand that context and just see where that takes you. You know, that idea of, I don't know, um, when I was initially starting my business and going and meeting with people, just sort of having chats and whatever, um, it was, you know, I called it a hustle, but it wasn't hustling with um, applying my context to theirs. It was understanding theirs and seeing if anything opened up as a result of that. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of my take on that. I, I think, you know, um, as well, I think in these times, uh, people would be, or are, not would be, are more open to actually you sharing your agenda and saying, you know, we're, we're here now, let's look to the future. Yeah. You know, how, how, how can we work together to achieve, you know, mutual success and, and an yeah. equivalent partnership? Um, people are looking for those opportunities and maybe they, they can't see them without the input of someone else. So, you know, th- there's a couple of, I guess, thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, what do you see as some of the opportunities on the other side from your perspective? Uh, I think... Uh, the one of the, well, I guess, because I'm such a, I'm so mad about uh, humans and supporting their individual evolution and, and equipping themselves with skills that are going to take them forward. Um, the, I think the biggest shift is going to be uh, the consideration of individual contexts, you mm. know, because we've had to, as a result of working remotely, it's like, what's going on for you, or at least when it's been done well, um, you know, conversations and seeing and peering into the, the personal lives of people that we probably normally wouldn't get to see that side of. You talk about like through video chats and right, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, you know, um, in the past, you know, if a, if you're on a, a Zoom call before all this stuff went down and your kid walked in or your dog walked across the, the camera or whatever, people would be like, oh, you know, that's a bit, you know, whatever. And now it's, yeah. it's, people are excited for that sort of stuff. So, yeah. And then I think just creative thinking, fresh perspectives, people doing things differently, um, there's, there's so much opportunity, I think, you know, uh, how, how it shifts and changes. I think particularly from a professional work pay, workplace standpoint, um, I think it's going to be so different. So uh, Fast Company published an article, I don't know, a few weeks ago, mm. and they were talking about the, uh, the fact that businesses have had to equip their people to work remotely in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Whereas without something like this pandemic, the, the, that would have taken five to seven years. So now everyone's got what they need to work remotely. And where in the past um, there's been, in some cases, I would say, you know, this uh, perception of it not being productive or not being, yeah. not being a reality, now it's like, this is this is completely possible and completely. I mean, tw- mm. Twitter CEO. I heard about this. I was going to raise that with you right. today. So, so you, yeah, enlighten people. I will say, Twitter CEO announced a couple of days ago that if any of their employees wanted to work from home, they could forever, forever. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, I've spoken to a couple of people about that, and and I would agree that with with the perspectives that have been shared with me that. Um, it's hard to be as productive when you're working from home mm. versus being in the office. This is, I'm sure there's many different perspectives on that, but yeah. I think having a combination of the two is, is quite a powerful mix. I ha- there's so many different things I want to talk about. That, that, we'll come back to 
this in terms of that impacts on culture within an organisation because I think that's going to be incredibly um, interesting but important for people to consider. But Absolutely. the Twitter thing, I was driving, in, I, was driving I heard on, on the news and it, it actually like, really pissed me off. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and then I'm probably looking at it from a hospitality lens. If you imagine every business or a, or a significant percentage yeah, of right. businesses did that, how much would that sh- reshape? CBDs and therefore the flow on impacts. Uh, it seems quite reckless or, or careless yeah. because you take a huge number of people out of the norm. I mean, the, the industry or the, the entire economy has already been through enough yes. through this yeah. to continue it, prolong it, or, con- or, or, or make it you know, just part of the way we are from now on is just adding a bit of insult to injury. I thought a better message could be to get everyone back to business, um, at least even in the short term, and then modify things maybe down the chart. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little bit It was a very broad brushstroke. Yeah. Like the way that I read it or the the article that I read about it um, was... We're throwing the doors open and everyone can work at home forever. Yeah. Um, so I, I fully take that point on from you. I think that yeah. um, it, it's – so thinking about that um, and people – let's say everyone's working from home forever. Um, what then does the does the CBD look like or, or business yeah. districts in general? Um, how, do, how do people – I mean, people need connection. <laughs> That's a human yeah. condition mm. um, and not in a bad way. Uh, so thinking about, you know, that idea of working from home forever, um, what then happens to that need and how do people entertain that and achieve that outcome? Um, I, I fully take your point on I think uh, having... Mm. I don't think it's, you know, there's, there's a... Uh, a meta program, which is an NLP thing, um, which revolves around black and white thinking. It's yeah. either or. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's this or it's that. It's yes or it's no. Yeah. It's black or it's white. Um, and it doesn't need to be either. So yeah. I'm just wondering about how you could sort of bring both aspects to it in a way that does create uh, atmosphere and sustainable economies as well as entertains and, and supports yeah. people's choices if they if they wish. And I'm not saying my opinion is right at all. That was just my instant reaction was like, that's I think just, it's completely just valid. the wrong time. Yeah. But um, I totally, I mean, the, the, the broader question for you is as someone who's so focused on culture, like mm. what do you, what impacts do you see for organisations who are suddenly... Like, I'm going to give you my perspective again. Uh, this We're sitting in my home office. Yes. But I cannot wait to get back into the yeah. office. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I struggle with motivation sitting in here five days a week because it's like I just want to be around some yeah. people, you know. And, and part of what I love most about our business was the culture with, within our team because everyone got on really well and it made work great. Yeah. Um, not everyone's the same, mm. but as someone who promotes that, generally a positive mm. work culture. Yep. How do you feel the sparseness of employees, sparseness is the wrong word, um, the separation of employees, yeah. you know, maybe not having the same members of every team there every day, what kind of the, how can you either manage against negative impacts to that or mm. what are some of the things that people should look out for, do you think? For sure. So um, uh, Corn Ferry did some research last year across August and September in Europe. So they spoke to a roughly 163 CEOs um, around, you know, the future of work and how businesses need to interact and consider people. Um, 93% said uh, that uh, 
people uh, will ever increasingly become the core focus for success in business. Right. Um, and as part of that, the follow-on was that these CEOs, again, it was roughly the same percentage, 93 said that, you know, the, the, the concept of business um, being driven by purely profit or profit and loss yeah. uh, will evolve in the next five years. I mean, it is now, uh, but they talked about the sort of a, a triple P uh, bottom line, which is people, sorry, profit, people and planet. Yeah. Um, so that idea, I think there's, and where I'm going with that is, um, I think they're missing a P, which is purpose. Um, right. So I guess you could put that as an umbrella, uh, whereby that is, First is purpose, and how does that plug into those three profit people planet? Yeah. Or you take those profit people planet and put it through the filter of purpose and say, how are we achieving that? So I guess where I'm going with that is um, with having a decentralized workforce, uh, I think it's it's never been more important to understand both the purpose of the business but ensure that the individuals within that business and within teams whatsoever understand that purpose. And and for me, that comes back to really getting uh, and, and taking a look at personal brand. Yeah. And seeing what, and understanding what, you know, who, who you are, uh, how, yeah. you, how are you currently perceived? How would you like to be perceived? You know, what is your purpose and how does that plug into that, that greater cause? Yeah. With a decentralized workforce, I think it's, it's never been more important. Um, is it, is, it's, uh, my inclination would be that it's a lot harder to a uh, Achieve that in a decentralized workforce? Would you agree uh, or disagree? So just I a think, different approach, maybe. Yeah, I think I think with you know in the past with a, with a central going to work every day um, allowed people to be more lazy with their personal brand and their purpose because they were showing up, they were getting the work done, they're interacting with each other. That's how it was happening. Yeah. Um, so I think you know, maybe I wouldn't say it was less important, but it had less of an impact if, if it wasn't clear. Right. Um, that's just my take on it. Yeah, right. Uh, and then, you know, if you think about, you know, how can we sit in a decentralised setup uh, and and make sure that we're connecting with each other in, in, a, in a meaningful way? Um, and, you know, I think, the, the concept of trust comes in here as well, whereby, you know, to establish trust, it's all about uh, empathy and vulnerability. Mm. Um, and then if I think, if I link that through to personal brand, it's it's showing people, you know, what's important for you, what are your values, what are the meanings that you place on the, the work that you're doing and how that plugs in. And that, that can, with decentralization, can really create a very strong connection and maintain culture. Um, that's, that's my take on it, I think. Does it... Narrow the feel this I guess the sphere of influence that someone can have in an organization relevant to their performance because in a decentralized workplace, there are some people that turn up to work who may not be the top performer, but they add a lot in culture and that's kind of true you know to work to a work environment yeah I might be totally misreading the situation, but it is harder to add to team. Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a different way of doing it. But it requires more effort. More effort because again, if you're around people, it's that those interactions happen whether you're trying or not. Exactly, and so people that, can look at you and have their day brightened or right or dimmed. Correct. But then, does performance measurement and evaluation just come down to output? Like, how do you manage performance in a decentralized, um, holistically, where, yeah. so that you take into account all factors of, a, of an employee's um, value as opposed to maybe just output or the sort of key metrics? I mean, great, great question. And, and my feeling there is um, going towards 
decentralizing the responsibility of what performance is. Um, so instead of saying, okay, as a team, we work together every day, here's what we define as, as performance is yeah. it's beyond output. There's interaction, there's whatsoever. Um, my feeling is that, you know, with this working from home situation and some of the challenges that that presents, it's, hey, Luke, you're, you're working from home, you're in your garage, you know, you can't do podcasts when it's raining, you're whatever. <laughs> no so one knows that. Help, help, me understand, <laughs> help, me understand, help me understand your context and, and where you're at and yeah. let's talk about uh, what you need to achieve what you would like to given your current context. Yeah. So it's that idea of sort of, it's not resetting, but it's um, this idea of, um, it's, I guess, refocusing uh, in a way that is considerate of, the current times and, and how you... So, for example, at my place, yeah, right? So, I'm at home. I'm homeschooling uh, my daughter, Mila. Yeah. Hunter's running around going, what are you doing, Mila? Can I do mathematics? Uh, Gab's on a Zoom call, you know, yeah. all of these things. So, when you're talking about performance, that's obviously going to be um, a bit of a challenge in that context. So, yeah. having those conversations and saying, what's, what's realistic? What do you need? Mm. What do you want? You know, um, is I think super important. So it's it's redefining it based on yeah. the, based on the new context. I, I got to say, I hate I hate the the, the term new normal. Ah, uh, so do I. Um, so I'd say it's it, to me it's current context. You know, yeah. What what's happening now? Now because that changes. That has changed so much so quickly over the last sort of eight to ten weeks. It's yes. been amazing. I, I I've said this a thousand times, but I can't wait to see what studies come out. You know, just because. I've, there's been so much consistency in in the way people have been approaching it, which is pretty understandable. Mm. But a lot of people I've spoken to, it's very clear the stages that people have gone. Like there was so much innovation and almost excitement about it at the beginning. Yeah. But people were like, you know, not only living differently at home in terms of like ordering these, make your like special meat or like yeah. cook your own meal from some fancy restaurant, whatever it is. Um that's died off. Like I know for us and a lot of people I was spoken to, we did that for maybe two or three weeks. The novelty, and like okay, <laughs> done. And businesses were like working really hard to innovate, and then that a lot of things changed, and that sort of stopped happening. And yeah. it's, it's been really interesting. But uh, in terms of as a, I'm interested to see what happens with employers because there's going to be a different approach taken by many different business types and there might be organizations you know what do you think for an organization in terms of how they should bring people back into the workplace or what their strategy should be about managing that process given there may be an expectation from some organizations that working from home is a is a new normal mm -hmm. or a, a, a new context whatever you, your term was yeah, yeah, yeah. and and some organizations may not want to facilitate that whereas there'll be some that will so there's going to be a yardstick for employees to compare their business against their comp set and say well there's a went why can't we and yeah the whole whole um marketplace is going to shift in that respect I, I would agree um and i think it's it's on a case-by-case -case basis and and whilst that sounds like heavy lifting mm. um if you think about you know going back to that idea of personal brand and purpose and thinking about engaging your individuals and teams that help achieve the organization's desired outcome uh it, it really is um you know help me understand where you're at so that we can create this direction together as a, as a business here's how we're thinking yeah can we have a conversation about this so that i can understand how you feel about that um uh, it's just 
you know, I think it's going to be different for obviously different businesses. Uh, it's going to be different for just about every individual. Um, yeah. And, you know, without going through a process of speaking to everyone at length to understand how they're feeling about certain things. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really just understanding that con- that context. And I was thinking about this. Um, I did some work with, uh, and I think I referenced it last time, we had a chat with uh, Group M um, on, you know, setting up their teams in, in uh, Asia Pacific. Right. Um, and one of the in- initial investigative interviews I did was with uh, one of the leaders of their business. And she was saying um, that, for her senior leadership team, the way that she puts an agenda together for their weekly meeting is that, you know, two or three days before, sends out an email and says, send me your, send me your top five things that you're anxious about. Right. And they, all the, 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 whatever, five, six people submit their things that are kind of, you know, obviously predominantly business related, but yeah. these are the things that I'm a little bit concerned about. And that was what drove the way that that conversation was led. And right. I think thinking about that, if you want to start to unite and better understand what's possible by way of coming to work, working from home, whatever, that's that's one way to, to understand a, a context but have it as a generally relevant yeah. platform to so have a discussion. So effectively surveying your team in, yeah, in a sense to just find out what, what they're thinking and where yeah. they're and, and it's, you know, that way you can drive the conversation in a professional way, you know, from a professional standpoint, given where we're at and the fact mm. that this business wants to come back to work as an yeah. example, you know, Give me, a, give me the top five things that are of concern based on this current context and the proposed direction that we're taking. I think you can very quickly get a handle on how people are thinking and feeling about whatever direction it is that that business wants to take. Yeah, it's so interesting. There's, <laughs> there, I mean, there's just so many different um, aspects to it because there's, there's going to be some people that are desperate to get to work. Well, like I think me, most, and There's, hey, there's going to be a lot that I'd like have probably developed some form of agoraphobia where they actually do not want to leave the house. Like they don't want to get on public transport again. Right. They're quite happy being in their, um, in the confines of their home and not having to be commuting every day and yeah. spending more time with family. And maybe it's not a phobia, but a, a, a real preference. And there will be some people that may be phobic. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so What's I it? guess the challenge for employers to manage all of these different internal conversations they're going to be having in their teams and yeah. how that's going to impact then culture if it is on-site or off-site is crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's... You're going to be very busy. <laughs> it's going to be busy. Yeah. Hey? And I think yeah. that, I think that um, you know, uh, I'd be surprised if most businesses haven't already started these conversations at a senior level to say, yeah. you know, especially off the back of, you know, phase one, two, three and, and rolling back some of the restrictions and all that sort of thing is, well, you know, how do, how do we prepare for this? You know, what, what do we think is going to best suit the, the vision of this business and what does that then mean for the people that are going to help deliver that outcome? Yeah. Uh, and, and then I think it's real. it's like very open communication um, and, uh, both knowing um, what what you will do or what mm. you will um, tolerate, put up with, go after, as well as what you definitely won't. 
That's just it, yeah, the policies surrounding every, all of all of the interactions that you can have or permit have completely shifted as well. And underlying all of this or underpinning all of it is the health and safety concerns that a lot of people might have. Even if they are desperate to get back to work, there's an element of yeah. unsurety around... What whether, happens if... What, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I've got family at home. I have old parents that I want to go and see. There could be... And then... <laughs> there's so many things. <laughs> and then there's just like the... The not knowing, like we've yeah. never been through a period where you don't know what's whether you're going to be able to trade in two weeks or four weeks or six weeks or what your business is going to look like. And we experienced extreme consistency for the, I mean, our business was 18 months old, yeah. but yeah. I'd never experienced a time in my life. None of us have where, you, you know, your market could just disappear. Yeah. And business, all businesses be closed and you be confined to your home. That's got to have some kind of longer-term impact on the way people think and maybe a, not anxiety but just unsurety about, Yeah, you know, there's no – nothing's for certain. Any, any, no. Not that anything of ours, but you know what I mean? Like I mean, that's it's, a really that's big the thing. It's like the, what you've just said there, like all of what you've just said resonates with me very much. Um, and before this, uh, individuals, businesses – um, at least in my experience, had a perception or, or a feeling that there was a level of certainty. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do get that, you know, in some cases there's consumer behaviour, for example, that does pretend to provide that, but it can go like that, whether there's a Apparently. pandemic or not. Um, so this idea of uncertainty and, and I, I, you know, I get it as far as owning a business because I yeah. do. And, you know, as I said at the start, you know, I had a whole bunch of work that was lined up and it just went straight away. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not necessarily being comfortable in the uncertainty um, and I guess allowing, allowing yourself as a business owner or as an employee to feel whatever you feel about that and, and not sort of interrogate yourself and judge yourself is like okay mm. cool so this is what's going on for me i wonder why that's the case like yeah getting curious about that and, and sort of asking the question in a way that's you know explorative as opposed to judgmental yeah um, the the you know planning for uncertainty what like how do you do that yeah uh, it, it's it's a, it's a tough one mate it is a tough one because um the way that you know as we said at the start as soon as, soon as the, the the doors are open properly, I think there's going to be a like a massive mm. uh, celebration. Let's call it. Um, yeah, totally. across the board, people people will be <laughs> people will find money to go and go out for dinner or go to the pub or whatever. Um, and I guess you've just got to roll with it as it as it unfolds. Yeah, which is tough, right? As a business owner, it's like well just roll with it day to day, how, how does that provide me with any certainty as far as where I'm headed? There's certain, I mean, there's a lot of um, comfort in the fact that everyone's in the same boat, obviously. Like yeah. And, and, and there's a mentality to, that goes with that, hey. There's, there's, yeah. a, there's an openness, there's a supportiveness, there's a, a, totally. a willingness, there's a, I don't know, um, for Mother's Day I bought a, a like a brunch box from Bogey Hole Cafe, local yeah. business, make sure we're supporting them. There's a lot of that sort of stuff going on. Totally. The um, industry, I got asked a couple of questions for a survey the other day for someone blog was doing yeah. um, on what's the best thing that you've seen come out of COVID. And it is that like the term or the hashtag stronger together has been used by so many different right. individual, not connected, unconnected um, groups Yes, because everyone's thinking the same way about being stronger together. Like it's been used by, I think, Campari. Yeah. Um, 
AEHA have used it. Right. Another company that I was speaking to about some other work was was using it. Like everyone's kind of landed on that same point that we all sort of need to come together. So this, that, you know, coming back to what we we're talking about before around purpose, um, you know, uh, industries or, or across industry, like having having those things happen right yeah. strongly together i think you said is a stronger together stronger yeah. together yeah i haven't i haven't seen it but that doesn't mean much um you know in times of such uncertainty where you can create connection yeah and uh focus around a particular purpose or opportunity or plan this is where some certainty can be generated right so it's mm. okay let's let's mobilize a community or people that are connected by way of the industry that they're in or the focus that they've got or the outcomes they want to achieve, how can we create things that drive a certain focus um, that will result in mm. an outcome that we all think is positive? Yeah. Um, I think there's you can create some certainty <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in that way as opposed to, you know, we don't know what's going to go on with the world. Uh, we don't know how this thing's going to unfold. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, what, what do we know? What can we influence? You know, and, and I was thinking about this before sitting down with you today around healthy responsibility. Yeah. Um, and there's kind of four things that as individuals we can control, in inverted yeah. commas, uh, and it's, it's what we think, what we say, how we feel and what we do. Yeah. That's healthy responsibility, right? It's these, these are the things that we can control. Say it again. What we think, what, what we, we say. What we think, say, do, and feel. Right. And that's just for, for me. Tom yeah. can control that about Tom. Yeah. Luke can control that about Luke, but I can't control anything as far as that is concerned for you. Yeah. Maybe I can influence it. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately the decision is yours. Yeah. So this idea of having a healthy responsibility and awareness around that, either as an individual or as an organisation, is where I think, you know, that, that idea of having a healthy responsibility and, you know, a shared purpose or a shared focus is a pretty powerful thing. I'm going to raise something that I haven't thought about extensively, so it may not be cohesive sure. um, thinking, but I'm interested to see what this experience does to people's willingness to fail. And I don't know what your thoughts are, but it's kind, it's okay to fail in this environment. I mean, it's okay to fail, think? full stop. But people, <laughs> that's my what, that's approach... That's you learn, yeah? And, and How many I, people say, oh, I learned that the easy way? <laughs> I totally get it. But the, 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 the um, um, adage is only really... Um, it's, it's nice to say that, but yeah. when you're actually going through it or the sort of the prospect of actually failing yourself is, is re real, mm. um, you tend not to think that way. Whereas in this environment, it's okay. Mm. Like for me personally, I've, I've thought, you know, at the beginning I was like, God, what happens if we fail? And I, was, and I was like, well, it's actually okay because it's not a personal thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of businesses are going to fail. That's there have been businesses word. in our space that have failed. And then I was like, well, if it's okay to fail now, like why isn't it okay? Like why, why should I be so scared of failure um, outside of a COVID environment? Yeah. You know, there's yeah. things that can happen in every business that can cause them to fail. Yeah. Um, so I wonder whether or not it's going to bring about an an era or an air of willingness to push harder because you've been through this yeah. experience and you've yeah. come out the other side. I don't know. It's a, it's a really interesting, um, I guess, thought and, and consideration. Um, 
I think to to your point in the in the current environment, the 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 willingness, the tolerance, the acceptance of um, putting it out there and failing is is high. Yeah, right? it's it's okay because it's happening around us, right? Um, and I guess you know, <laughs> there's you know that that uh, cliche of safety in numbers. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The more the more failure there is, the more comfortable we are with it. Yeah. Um, will that carry on? I certainly hope so. You know, I think that the the opportunities that exist, and there's plenty of plenty of superstars out there that talk about this quite often. But you know, the one that sits in my head is Will Smith, just because I love him. I think he's an amazing human being, and he talks about failure, and he's like, "Fail forward, fail fast." You know, you know, get on with it, basically. Yeah, it's where all the good stuff happens. You know? Totally. I think um, it would be really great uh, if people were able to to carry that forward, and I think you know. Coming back again to brands and their purpose, or individuals and their purpose, um, having having a setup that promotes the opportunity, or not promotes the opportunity, uh, that promotes the the yeah, it is the opportunity that failure presents. Yeah, in a way that's constructive, right? Not just go out there and just fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, but feel, if you feel have free a crack to innovate, and, yeah. you know, thinking about this and. Um, you know, diversified workforces. And, and another thought that came to mind is how many projects have been sitting within different businesses that are just being put on the back burner because yeah. they're, they're not a priority. We're busy doing everything else. Mm. Um, or, you know, what ideas, thinking about engaging a workforce that could, could maintain being diversified, what ideas have people had as a result of this experience that this business could pick up and run with and support? Yeah. You know, like this is where that idea of, you know, failure and, and this, you know, Looking at it from a from a positive perspective, like yeah. what have you learned? Yeah, what, what's working? What's not? As a result of that, what could we do differently? Better? Stop? Start? Continue? Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, um, you know, I think that would help in continuing to um, drive confidence around maybe not getting it right or, or worse. Hundred <laughs> percent. And I think it's something that you know, if you take a pure hospitality um, view. I feel like it's almost mandatory for a lot of these businesses right. to survive. Like everyone's been talking about opening for 10 people and it not being enough. Like it's it's not, obviously it's not. But if you were doing that with um, five other things that you'd launch, like yeah. that takeaway makes sense now that you're open for 10 people. You can do more bottled cocktails or um, growlers for people to take home. Sure. It's a supplement to more innovation that probably needs to happen right now. But you, you've obviously got to be willing to fail or give something a crack. Um, in order to, to undertake that activity or let yourself do it, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, and, and again, you know, um, uh, I don't own a pub or a bar or a restaurant or a cafe mm. um, and can fully appreciate that there's, you know, some financial pressures that go with, okay, cool, if we open for 10 people, uh, we still need to have, you know, someone behind the bar, we still need to have a couple of wait people, we, we have to have a chef in the kitchen and someone doing doing the washing up and all that sort of stuff. So there's costs associated. But as we talked about earlier, there's such a hunger for it. It's like... Totally. You know, uh, do, do five sittings of one hour. Start the engine again. Yeah. Because here's what will happen as a result of doing shit. Positivity will happen. Yeah. Inspiration will happen. Motivation will happen. There'll be perspectives shared. There'll be things learnt. There'll be... Totally. New opportunity, you know, all of those sorts of things. I mean, I went into... I work out of a shared workspace in... in just down the road, actually, uh, called Co-House. Right. Um, and I haven't been in there for... Where is it? Four weeks. Um, it's on Mentmore. Okay. It's like um, above... Where is it? There's a... 
It's opposite Mentmore and Morley Cafe upstairs. Ah, right. Cool space. So they've yeah, got like okay. a function studio in there and then a bunch of like offices and then shared desks. Oh, cool. Really cool spot. Um, uh, and I haven't been in there for like four weeks and I went in there for a meeting yeah. with, with a, a colleague on Tuesday or Wednesday this week. And it was so fucking nice mm. to be in that environment and having a, a an adult work-focused, purpose-driven conversation about opportunities that are coming in a few months. Totally. So that idea of looking at hospitality is like, you know, yes, we'd like it to be 100 people or 1,000 people or whatever. Um, what have we got to work with and how can we make that work? Maintain. You shouldn't have bloody said rain because it started raining. But it's not actually that noisy. It starts getting heavier. We're in trouble. It's atmosphere. Uh, it's quite noisy. Uh, how do you maintain motivation um, at this time, either for yourself or for others? Like uh, when you talk about um, decentralized workforces. Yeah. Um, you know, leaders often are there to motivate people when you're in a in, in a normal environment, and you know, I've, I've experienced that, and it's a huge help mm. when you when you don't have that and you've got added stresses like either kids or whatever at home. Mm. How can you do that? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I think the 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 number one thing that comes to me on that is is just being kind to yourself, eh? and and um, you know. It, uh, Different people I've spoken to have uh, used an expression of lowering expectations of yourself, and I don't. I'm not sure that that sits right just with me from my perspective. But it's it's adjusting mm. um, the expectations of yourself in consideration of your current context. Yeah, uh, it's not the same as going to the office for eight hours a day and having your colleagues around you. You know, you've got. Different context. My context: two kids running around, um, me trying to get Mila to do school, but she's like, "But I'm at home. Can't I just watch ABC Kids?" <laughs> yeah. and Gab on a Zoom call, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Know, there's. Um, it's actually from a from a professional and and sort of output perspective, the the whole work from home thing has has actually taken a lot of time off people when it comes to that particular focus. Yes, yeah. there's more time with family. Uh, it's interesting to learn a bit about what your kids learn at school. Blah blah blah. But when it comes to getting the job done, we've got less time. Mm. Um, and particularly from an Australian cultural perspective, you know, yeah, yeah, cool, mate, we'll get it done. Oh yeah, no, cool, add that to my to do list. You know, yeah. Uh, as opposed to okay, cool, what's it actually going to take? to get this done, this idea of estimation of effort and adjusting the uh, focus and output, uh, therefore expectations of self, yeah. um, in order to maintain, to come back to your point, your motivation. It's like, I'm actually getting shit done. Yeah. And, and having a, taking moments throughout the course of days, weeks, whatever, to recognise what you're actually getting done because it could right. very, very easily just be, oh, yeah, we just had a Zoom call and, you know, so-and-so came up with a new idea for blah. Yeah, and it's like just another thing. It's like, hang on, you know, celebrating lots of little things results yeah, uh, in, in a in a inspiration and motivation that you can that that can be very effective. I yeah. would say, but it's also, I think, as I was saying, you know, adjusting 
um, your expectations based on the available time mm. to focus on and generate output. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I think. And then, you know, the, the, the other side to that is, you know, um, looking after your your energy, if you like. So, you know, physical, mental, emotional, and, you know, spiritual, but not in a religious way. Um, thinking about that and thinking about where you're at and thinking about what you need to do yeah. for yourself uh, to to maintain good balance when it comes to, to your different energies. Mate, exercise, get out of the house. Yeah, Go, balance mate. is the key, right? Like, it's, And do you know what? If, if something's not working, stop take a break you know it's it's not like you know it's, uh, yeah I just think looking after yourself eating well reg- like regular exercise particularly at the start of the day um, these sorts of things can really help with with mm. that and then if you find yourself in a shitty situation or you know the background noise is starting to frustrate the hell out of you it's like just Press pause, mate. Mm. And world's not going to stop turning, as we've seen with this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Take a fucking break and give yourself some time and check in with yourself and mm. see, see where you're at and go again. Yeah, I've, I've had the breaks. Um, well, the balance topic is incredibly important. I've found I felt the worst when I'm on, and this is all relative, um, when I haven't done exercise yeah. in the morning, for example. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who it was. There was a podcast with um, some general on Tim Ferriss or something, and okay. he was talking about the fact that he just gets up and exercises every morning because he knows that if he just does that, he's achieved one thing in the day and he feels good about it. So it if he does nothing else, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do you know what? Um, there's a guy by the name of Barry Seppings um, who wrote a, a blog post recently, and I'll share it with you because I think um, it's quite relevant to this discussion. But as part of that, he's like, you know, if, if you climbing your Everest is just getting out of bed in the morning, then bloody awesome. Yeah, you right. Know, like, yeah. Don't, you know, you don't have to climb Everest. You know? Get out of bed and just remember that whatever you're doing is achieving something. Yeah? yeah. So that's what I mean by adjusting expectations of self in a way that allows you to celebrate the little things so that there's there is that motivation it's like cool this is working there's there's some things here that you know in the past i may not have paid any attention to because there was so much other stuff happening Mm. that now i really need to focus on and it's um you know again is it a challenge or is it an opportunity but i mean i just can't help but think then what happens when things return back to normal like how do people are they going to are they going to go back to how they were do you think well, I do, like. Well, I struggle with that. Well, I struggle with the getting out of bed and getting into the office and potentially. Um, it's an interesting consideration, eh? I think my my gut feeling is that everything will go back to normal very very quickly. I think right. people, um, as I said in that article around pubs mm. um, and and patronage, yeah. I think people will rush back to pubs, and I think they will probably rush back to most of the things that they miss or that they used to be doing. You know, we'll rush back to the. To parks, to beaches, to yeah. um, probably to work, to um, getting back into that rhythm that we used to be in without too many challenges at all. Right. So I, I agree. Yeah. Um, and where I'm curious is uh, how does that experience feel after it not being available to you for so long and almost being an, an habituated or unconscious process it's a very conscious process now, right? I'm making the decision based on the fact that I can to go yeah. to a restaurant or to go to a pub. Uh, 
how do people then experience that differently and what questions are they asking of that experience? That like, did I change? enjoy this in the first yeah. place? Or? Was I just doing this because it was what was being done? Or yeah. it, well, am I doing this because I want to do it? Yeah, and what things will they think that about and what things will they not? Like yeah. going to work is probably the one that is, like going to the office is yeah. the glaring um, example, I think, there, because people will now realise it's something that not everyone really liked. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people didn't totally. love having to get it going. I mean, there's plenty that do as well, right? But it's then, you know, how people question and investigate their understanding and feeling around different experiences that used to just be yeah. these routine processes. It's, it's, uh, uh, man, there's so much to it, hey? Yeah. So I wanted to ask, we may get rained out, so if we do, I'll just cut this out. But yep. um, you, and if you don't feel you're in a position to answer this, to say it, but I'm, I'm sure you would be, having been so heavily involved in sort of arts and events, mm -hmm. that is, you know, an probably one of the most challenging um, parts of all of this or victims of mm. um, everything that's going on. I mean, you can't see large-scale events going on of the kind that you used to be involved with, um, festivals. Um, musicians, artists have kind of had everything taken away from them. And, and if you look purely at the hospitality sector, a lot of venues probably aren't going to have the cash to throw at entertainment that they used to. Yeah. Touring international artists is not going to happen until bubbles stop being a thing and right. borders are opened up, right? right. No one's going to invest in bringing someone out. Like, they just can't. Like, you can't put on a festival no. to, to put... And, yeah, they couldn't get it in the country anyway. Yeah, well, they um, could. They just pay them for 14 days of doing nothing. Well, yeah, and, and what artist is going to want to do that? Like, yeah, they're not no. going to sit in a hotel and then they'd have to do it on the back end. So it's one night's show is like a two, a, a six-week booking, you know, like crazy. Not, not possible. Yeah. Um, what are you seeing... There, like, are you still pretty connected with the arts sort of scene or are you, um, how do you see that sort of coming back? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I agree with, with what you said as far as them being hit extremely hard, right? Yeah. Um, and I would also say that um, at least my understanding of the support that's being offered at a federal and state level hasn't really taken that sector that much into consideration. No. Um, uh, there was an, uh, I watched a story on the news a couple of nights ago um, about the fact that you know events and event production wasn't considered as uh, an industry that could receive any other support from the government, and it's just it's fucking wild. Like yeah. the the International Convention Centre contributes nine hundred million dollars a year to to the state government as a result of the events that they host. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, they're they're empty, mate, and they're looking at nothing for at least the next eighteen months. Yeah. Like wow. Um, uh, as far as how it will come back, um, I'm, I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, different uh, things that I've read, you know, festivals won't happen until there's a vaccine and everyone will have to have had the vaccine to be able to, yeah. to get into the festival and that sort of thing. Um, no different to what we're talking about with pubs. How many kids out there are going to say no to the vaccine uh, if, they, if it means they can't <laughs> yeah. go to a festival, right? Like, yeah. So... Yeah, I, I see it as a as a way off. You know, I know that, for example, Falls Festival and Lost Paradise are both planning yeah, to realise shows over the New Year's period. That is December 2020. Yeah. Um, How? 
All lineup, Aussie lineups, I know they've all announced. All Aussie lineups, but which you know, again, a bit of a silver lining there is like, well, let's let's look in our own backyard and and see what opportunities there are to create this experience that in the past has been heavily influenced by international acts. Mm. We've got it all here, mate. <laughs> that's I think that's a really positive thing. How are they planning it? I think, um, you know, short answer, I don't know. Right. Um, my my guess would be there there will be. Um, you know, checkpoints, milestones, key, you know, key outcomes required at certain times for them to continue to move forward. Just everyone has to wear a hazmat suit. Everything is, which would be kind of cool. I'll be sick. I'll be fully down for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hide that head. uh, Yeah, I think that, and and everyone involved, um, whether it be investors, artists, punters, whatever, security, medical staff, venues, um, there would have to be a very clear and shared understanding around the fact that at a certain stage, there's going to have to be a call made and mm. no one's going to be out of pocket. This is just how we've got a role. Yeah. So there'll be provisos in there for them to continue to move forward as long as things keep moving in a certain direction. Um, I think that's going to be carte blanche across most contracts that are signed over the next sort of 12 to 18 to months. Like There'll a be a lot of in good faith there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... and you know, that's again. That's also quite a cool thing. It's like you, you'll different businesses uh, will discover um, who their you know most trusted partnerships where they exist. Yeah. Those that are willing to participate in that way. Yeah. Versus no, mate, I'm not. I can't. I can't do that sort of thing. I need more assurity. It's like okay, cool. So we know, you know, who's really sitting alongside and who's who's transactional. Yeah. It's. Um... But it's. I mean, festivals as a as a thing middle of next year i reckon arts in in a lot of senses i keep thinking about when i'm thinking about the arts and 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 kind of humans in general but this might sound (laughs) super tenuous and a little bit weird but i keep thinking about that line from jurassic park where he says nature will find a way yeah right people will just like the the adaptation that is going to take place, whether whether it's through arts, like I said, I think arts is going to be one of the most exciting ways to see how people actually yeah. start performing, where they start performing, how they start yeah. um, producing, maybe what you know, um, what that space looks like within sort of twelve to eighteen months. I think is going to be probably one of the most different um, out of all sectors. Yeah. Um, but yeah. people just find a way, right? I mean, like things will evolve. It's people do just. Find, I mean, we've found a way in this current environment. Yeah. Yeah. So people have found a way to keep things going. Yeah. Maybe not in all cases, but I don't know. Um, uh, bars doing takeaway and bottled cocktails, and like they've just found a way yeah. to just keep the wheels moving. N- not necessarily at the same pace, but it's what we do. You know, I think of, um, you know. Gab and I having our first child, Mila, and, mate, there's no fucking book for that, but you just no. find a way. Yeah. You work it out, you know. It's like, and again, that idea of, you know, from a personal standpoint, I think people, individuals are more forgiving um, in, a, in, a, in a personal or social context for this idea of touch parking versus in a professional context where it's, you've got to get this right. Um, and it comes back to that idea of, of failure that we talked about before. I think yeah. that's going to translate across. And it's like we need to find a way, you know, let's keep planning this festival and if we get to the point that we can do it, unreal. And if we don't, then we agree that we don't. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of no rule, a way. Bit, rule book for the next 
period, right? Like yeah. no one's, there's no, this is how you manage after a pandemic. Everyone's going, let's just try it and see. Or Dude, the, 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 less, the less prescriptive people are and the more open they are to different perspectives and, and that concept of finding a way, the more successful they will be. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, so nice. that's, that's I think that's what's needed um, until such time as it changes. But then I think, again, the, you know, if I look at, um, you know, the impact that the, the virus has had on the on economies globally um, and what's to come after this, there's going to be so many opportunities, mm. so many opportunities for existing businesses, new businesses, different things happening, you know, different interactions, collaborations, partnerships, whatever um it's it's going to be massive mm. absolutely massive i mean, i reckon you're going to be pretty busy i think this the people culture um and, and a topic and navigating through all the change that's going to happen which yeah. is going to be as rapid realistically on the way out as it was on the way in agreed and you know probably more long lasting as it's a return to normality as a as opposed from moving from normality to abnormality, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone knows this is short term. Where we go after this is going to be more long term. Yeah. So getting it right is obviously super important. Absolutely. And I think, um, mate, I look forward to, to your uh, prophecy coming true. That is me being very busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I agree. I think, you know, um, existing businesses and, and new businesses will be thinking about how they differentiate, at least for me, um, the businesses that will be extremely successful when it all starts coming back online and people are out and about and spending money and all that sort yeah. of thing, um, will be considering, you know, how to differentiate by way of the purpose and this purpose being at a, at a high level um, around a contribution to humanity yeah, in some way, shape or form. And that could be for, a, you know, a, a, an experience at a, at a dinner table in a, in a pub or something at a greater level, but the consideration of people, I think, will be high, mm. both from an employee perspective as well as just in general. What, what are we doing and what what impact is that having and is that a positive thing or does that align to what we foresee as being successful for this brand and what it means? Yeah. Well, mate, we might have to park it there. Otherwise, I think we're going to keep on talking for... Um... Forever forever <laughs> maybe part one of, of three you never know but thanks for uh, coming over it's nice to have someone over to my house i had Pleasure. hamish from uh, applejack okay you know hamish yeah yeah he came over for some beers on wednesday night and that was the first person we've had around i had a shocking hangover but it was so it was so nice to just have some human interaction totally so, mate thanks, well, for, thanks, coming thanks for having me mate or anytime i appreciate it